Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello there, healthcare humans. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. So, um, as you can probably hear, I'm the only human in the van, once again, driving to work. And um, this podcast is quite spur of the moment. I um, This morning, I peeked at my Instagram and I had a series of lovely messages from one of you, someone who listens to this podcast. And you had requested that I talk about a specific topic. And I actually sent you some of the podcasts I'd done before on this topic that I thought were relevant. And then, I don't know, life like invited me to just go ahead and think about this topic more. So the question was like, can you specifically address how you stay on time, how you manage your time when you only have 15 or 20 minutes for an appointment, you know, whatever that might be, right? How do you really like manage your time to stay on time with these appointments that are coming at you every 15, 20, even 30 minutes? For some of you might be hour appointments, but you notice actually that however long you set the appointments for, there's always a way that you won't have enough time to do everything you do. Like I know some of my clients do home visits and so they give themselves like an hour and a half worth of time and yet also running behind on their appointments. Um, And I've recently done a few home visits on one patient who's reaching a palliative stage and I totally get how the, the first thing to think about anyway when it comes to being on time is knowing like definitely we can always find ways to fill the space of time, whatever we allot, (laughs) especially in the case of working with patients, like patients will, it's rare. It happens where patients like, no, I'm done. And then you're like done your appointment early. And then you feel weird. You're like, did I forget something? Right. Um, but lots of patients have lots of things going on, even if it's not something where they have a problem or they want to chat with you. And then lots of patients have, you know, lots of concerns, lots of issues, a lot of things happening in their life and in their body that they would love your advice from, right? And so um, I was thinking about that and what would be helpful to share, not only with the one listener who requested this topic, but the rest of you. And then I think like the one of the lessons I then received from my personal life again this morning, the lesson is rushing always ends up wasting time. And I don't say this to shame anyone who rushes. I often get into that rushing zone, that kind of grinding, rushing, trying to like frantically work through things at a very fast pace. Um, That's the energy that a lot of us end up being in for most of our days, if not our lives, depending on like how much we have in our head that we have to somehow get through. Um, Despite us having a sense that actually probably this will take more time than is allotted, right? And so the example I have for my personal life of this is that um, my morning routine with my two young children, we have um, a kid in junior kindergarten and a kid in daycare. And um, 
we have like been doing like earlier wake ups. We get ready, start to get ready. Um, how many minutes? Like about 30 ish minutes before we have to get out the door because especially in the past, um, it took so long. It took so long to wrangle them up the stairs. We had to like time budget for the tantrums. We had to time budget for the running away and the giggling and the hiding. And sometimes that happens, but I've noticed recently that we are rushing, rushing, rushing. And then I'm actually getting to daycare like early, like before I'm allowed to drop them off by like five, sometimes 10 minutes early. And I've been like, why were we so rushed? Like we rush so much that I'm early. That seems actually like not the most efficient use of time. And then this morning, not only did I get there early, but I realized I'd forgotten my son's shoes. And so then in the rush to get everyone out the door, when, when, when our number one mentality is don't be late when our number one priority is to try and like master time and to do something in as short a period of time as possible and to rush and to push everyone else around us and rush through it because the number one objective is to do something as quickly as possible or to try and stay as on time as possible like time is like the number one priority you have you forget the other things that honestly when you sit back and think of it, probably are better priorities. Like having my son have shoes on his feet, even if it would have taken, it, I mean, it literally would have taken a couple more seconds. But the the reason that that we forgot the shoes, first of all, we're human, so it's always going to happen. But I know my husband and I can both get into this mentality of like, just get them out the door, just get them out the door. Hurry up, we're going to be late, we're going to be late. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just noticing how that's not serving us, both in that like, it's like, they are clearly getting more efficient and getting ready. And so are we, so we really could all actually enjoy and play a little bit before starting that routine or all sleep in a little bit. Like I'm actually like wanting to talk to my husband about this. And when it's time to go out the door, taking a few extra seconds to pause and center and be like, what do our kids need? Let's go through a list or let's, you know, let's make sure we have the essential elements, you know, without rushing to, to know that, there's actually plenty of time, right? And so that's like the core lesson that I have already learned pretty well with my patients. It does depend on the day. I can absolutely get back into that rush mentality. I noticed the stark difference. Um, a few months ago, I had a medical learner with me who was actually amazing, but I noticed that my brain had a lot of drama because I had this whole other human that I was trying to like figure out how to like help her learn and also get through all my patients. And I noticed myself get back into this like rushing energy that I hadn't had in a long time because I had found a pace that like worked for my brain, worked for my body. I found a workflow where I was like getting all of my tasks and documentation done after each appointment before moving on to the next. And I was noticing like, oh man, I have a lot of like drag on my brain. Everything's taking longer. And my instinct then was to rush. But the thing I noticed then that I noticed this morning is the more I rush, the less efficient I get. It is just the most classic thing. Just like, you know, when you feel really impatient, then you actually take more time to do the thing. (laughs) And say you're just waiting for something that you have no control over when it comes. When you are impatient, the amount of time you spend waiting feels triple as long versus if you actually like 
get excited about it. You can say like, I can't wait for that thing. If it's a good thing, you know, whatever. Um, but then you like focus on the present and you focus on your life. Suddenly, boop, that thing is there, right? Like it's when we get impatient and it's when we rush that it actually, it just always backfires. It always shoots us in the foot. So if we go into our appointment thinking, okay, I only have 15 minutes or I only have 30 minutes. I've got to get through as much as possible, or I've got to make sure that we're staying on time. And we focus on the time as the number one priority, especially if we're also trying to focus on getting through everything at the same time. Like our brains, our brain, I think actually is pretty smart at guessing how long things take, but we override that with our anxiety about trying to make the patient happy and do a good job and be a competent clinician. And we're worried about our access and we're worried about all the scarcity around our time and about our access. And then, um, that's when appointments last double or triple the amount of time. Just notice how that is true every time versus if we recenter and say, okay, yes, I'm aware I have set aside 15 minutes for this human being. So let's just think realistically about what I, as a human being, will be able to think through and accomplish with this person. Probably it's going to be either like one big main issue or two, maybe three like smaller issues, like, I don't know, massage note or something, right? I'm a family physician. So there's like the little detritus of these extra things that, you know, honestly, if you add it up, we should all be sending these insurance companies a big bill, like just from whoever fund, like whether you are funded by like insurance companies or in where I live, we're funded by like the province, like the amount of governmental money in my case that, um, insurance companies are just like exploiting by using us, um, for things like massage notes and sick notes. Anyway, digression, (laughs) but still like those I know do not take up a bunch of mental space and they don't take up that much time. Right. So if I sort of set myself a budget, I like thinking of it a budget of like, I like thinking of it as a brain and body budget. So how much energy and mental, um, thinking, um, do I have capacity to hold for this person in approximately 15 to 20 minutes? And then I walk in the room and then, so sometimes it's the patient that comes with 10 things. Sometimes the patient comes with one thing, but I have 10 things that I think I should talk to them about because I've looked and they're overdue for this. And, you know, it's a diabetes visit. Don't you have to ask them every single question and whatever, right? Like sometimes we have a ton of things on our agenda that we think we have to make sure we talk to them about smoking cessation every time, like whatever it is. So then it comes down to really setting the agenda. So this is what I suggest that helps you to prioritize how you set an agenda for an appointment. I like to think of us as the, the, the clinicians, as the chairperson of the meeting. Like if you've ever chaired a meeting, um, I'm the chair of a board. I'm about to be done with that. But like, um, you know, you're going through the agenda and you're like, okay, what's next? So you're sort of setting the pace of the meeting, right? Now, who's actually gonna populate what's on that agenda for today? my, what has worked best for me in actually getting through an appointment, having it feel still satisfying to have the patient have the highest chance of being satisfied, which it's not in our ultimate control if a patient is satisfied, but it is nice to have patients, um, you know, increase the chance that the patient will 
have at least some of their requests or concerns addressed because that is the point of what we're doing here, right? Um, so that is to say that the patient is the one that gets to choose what's on the menu. And exceptions are really only if you're like, I hear what you're saying, but you're extremely diaphoretic and short of breath. And I think you're having a heart attack. And so I know you really want to talk about your toe fungus, but I do need to make sure you're not literally dying. That's like, honestly, the only time we get to override. <laughs> and so that's a lot of discomfort for us if we think, well, if I'm being a good doctor, I have to make sure that I'm really counseling them on these things. And if I'm being a good doctor, I have to make sure that I'm actually addressing all these things. And But they are overdue for their tetanus and they are overdue for all, like, we can have so much like cognitive load of what we think we need to do with our patients in every visit, you know, and we've got to jam it all in because who knows when they'll next be here. And I'm not saying you don't offer those to the patient as like options. You're like, hey, we have some time together, including, you know, telling like, you know, we have 15 minutes together today. So I think we'll have time for like one or two, you know, big things to focus on. What do you have for me today? And just so you know, I checked your chart and there's a couple other small things that we could add in. So you're overdue for these shots or you're, you know, it's you're overdue for this blood work. And so we can add those in at the end if you want. So having said that, what do you want to focus on today? So the patient is the one that gets to populate what the agenda is. And then your job as the chair of the meeting is to get through that agenda and also set limits to how much can be on the agenda. So if they say, well, I've got about 10 things, this is hard. This is practice. I still practice this. I can sometimes forget to do this. And then it's, oh, and another thing, oh, and another thing. And every time I'm like, uh, even if it's halfway through an appointment, I can be like, oh, pause. You've said another thing a few times. Why don't we pause and you tell me everything that you do want to talk about? And then we can figure out the best way to accomplish actually addressing these things. It may include actually you coming back another time, etc. Right? So I know, especially if you're used to um, doing a lot of people pleasing, doing a lot of, um, yeah, people pleasing, fawning, like some of the stuff I've talked about in previous podcasts, where you really want to make the patient happy with you. You don't want them to be mad or disappointed in you. It is a new and uncomfortable skill to really set that agenda up front. But truly, if we aren't prioritizing our time, instead we are prioritizing what does the patient want to talk to me about today? What has motivated this human to come speak with me? And focus in on that with the limit that if they have 10 things, you then get to decide what your limit is for that day as well, which includes time as well as mental energy, right? So I actually like did a post on Instagram about this where like a picture, two circles overlapping, like a Venn diagram. So one circle is what you are interested in talking about, what is within your scope to talk about, what you have energy to talk about and address that day. And then the other circle is what the patient's interested in talking about, what they want you to do, right? And so the sweet spot for every encounter, which will absolutely save you so much time, is to only focus on what those the overlap of those two circles, where those two circles intersect. That is how you get way more efficient in your time time management and appointments every single time. It means letting go of things that you wish were on the agenda, like you really wish that they wanted to talk about tapering down their opioids and it is not of interest to them. Listen, this is like, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is what works for me, which is I may mention it, I may notice and say, you know, it's something to check in with, but I have been in situations where I can really be kind of pushing or pressuring or even just force tapering 
opioids. And what I noticed is that was not time efficient and it also wasn't effective. Shockingly, and not shockingly actually, patients would have way more distress, more pain if we are if I'm trying to force my agenda on them with the opioid tapering being one example. Versus if I keep having it as an open door, not counseling extensively every time, but just saying, hey, are you ready to have that conversation about opioids or about smoking or about whatever? Like maybe one note about it, if that, you know, especially if they've brought it up, right? That's what makes it onto the agenda. Because there's like infinity number of things you could talk about, especially if you spend too much time in like the places where medicine overlaps with like lifestyle and health and wellness and like you read some books about the evils of gluten or the pros of plant-based diet. And I say that, uh, I do have a bit of like a judgment in my voice. I'm not saying that those things are like bad to integrate into your personal life, but I've seen physicians really get on the bandwagon and then they're extensively counseling each of their patients about something that the patient does not care about. And even if it's the thing that would absolutely make them feel better, if the patient doesn't care about it, they are not going to follow through, right? So how much less time can we spend convincing patients of things? How much more time can we spend centering? And that being the intention of the visit, I have plenty of time to address the issue that my patient cares most about today. And even phrasing it that way to the patient, hey, it sounds like you have a few things here. We'll get through what we can. We have about 15 minutes together. But which of these issues is the thing that you care most about today? Because I want to prioritize the thing that means the most to you. Even just saying that to a patient is therapeutic. Having someone be interested in what you care about and then believe you and then follow through on actually tending to the thing that you are the most scared or worried about is so powerful. It's incredible. And then beyond that, you also will do your best to help them with that one thing, whatever it may be, right? So that's my like core piece of advice about how to stay on time and how to manage your time in your appointments, however long that they last. So just to summarize, if you notice that we, what your instinct to do is rush and try and rush through a bunch of things, it means you're a human being, so nothing is wrong with you. And you may have already noticed rushing wastes time. Rushing makes things take longer. Maybe not in one appointment, but certainly over the course of the day, you start getting frantic. It starts getting scattered. You start, you stop actually doing work with each appointment. So then you have more work at the end of the day, which then overall makes the day, the day's work take way longer. Often people's day's work take many days because they've rushed through each appointment, not actually done the scripts, done the referrals, done the requisitions there with the patient. And so then instead that work is spread over several days. That is, I don't like saying waste in a, you know, that is um, taking more time than it would have taken if we had a slower pace. If we thought to ourselves, there's plenty of time to do exactly what is most important to this patient today. Laser focusing on that, getting as much done as possible right then with the patient watching you so that when you leave that room, you're like, I addressed that important need for that patient, period. And I addressed their other requests by referring them, asking them to book another appointment, like however I did it right? And so then not only was that efficient for that appointment, but now your brain has remained fresh. So then when you go into your next appointment, you actually have your full brain on again to help that next person. 
that kind of pace, an endurance pace, a plenty of time, especially when you're laser focused on the number one priority, which is what the patient cares about. That is how I have found my time to get way more efficient. So that was for you, anonymous listener who reached out to me on Instagram, as well as anyone else who struggles with rushing and staying on time. And um, if you want to hear more about how I think about time and time management and um, getting through our paperwork and our, you know, just the detritus of our lives that we feel like is very unmanageable, I actually have a whole course that you can take at your own pace. It's designed so you can like download the app onto your phone so you can listen to it while driving, just like you're listening to this. If Well, I don't know how you listen to it. I know how I'm recording it. <laughs> um, you can either listen to it or watch it or read it. There's all those options for you. Um, it's called Restoring Your Time. And you can go to my website, joanchanmd.com slash courses, and you'll see it as one of the things that's listed there. So um, yeah, if you want more support um, with that, uh, feel free to take a look at that course. And also in that course, there is a community where you can be posting. So if you want to ask me more questions like this, and you want to really like spend this next season of your life, like focusing in on get, get making your time feel more human, making your work feel like it's actually paced for you as a human being with a human body and a human brain, it helps to get feedback. And so you can use the course community to post and um, I will be there in that community with you and I can be giving you coaching and feedback um, in a written style. So um, just a little plug for that. Okay. So I hope everyone does have many moments of ease and unrushed, an unrushed nature to your day. And when you notice yourself getting rushed, it's not a problem. You're very used to it. Take your breath and see what would this experience be like if I was a little less rushed? What can I make one priority to focus in on and take plenty of time to do that one thing? I hope that helps and uh, take care. I would love to take this work deeper with you. Visit joanchanmd.com today and discover my growing menu of options for restorative medical education to suit your learning needs. I offer one-on-one coaching, customized workshops, and self-study courses that allow you to connect not only with my work on a deeper level, but also with other healthcare humans just like you. So if you want to start humanizing your work and healthcare to a deeper level and do it in community with others, please visit joanchanmd.com and find those options and what fits you and your life today.